0: Assalamu alaikum everyone. Welcome back to the MSA Podcast. My name is Salha and I'll be your host for today's episode, inshallah. Our guest today is one of my favorite people by far, Mania Matlay. You all may know her as the MSA Vice President, or the former MSA Vice President, I should say, and also one of the most influential people in the history of Al Faisal's College of Medicine, mashallah. However, to me, she is a batchmate, and I've known her From first year and to me she's honestly one of my oldest friends of medical school in my head medium will always be the sweet down-to-earth girl i met during my first week of uni who later blossomed into this beautiful inspiration to us all it's crazy to think that her and i are both graduating very soon inshallah in about a month or two inshallah so in this episode we talk about our journey through med school from year one all the way to year five we talk about our personal growth how her and i both are trying to be the best versions of ourselves and all our struggles that came with it. We talked about life lessons, our favorite authors, our favorite books, and all the things in between, honestly. To me, this episode really felt like a breath of fresh air. I felt like I was talking to one of my oldest friends, and I was just catching up with her. It was very pleasant to me. I really hope you all enjoy it as much as I did. First of all, Medium, thank you so much for being here. I can't tell you this. I can't know I can't express this in enough words. We've wanted you here on this episode for the longest time because you mean so much to me as a friend, but also you are one of the people who helped the MSA podcast become what it is. And in fact, you were one of the first people to be there on board when the MSA podcast was just an idea. So you've always been, you know, someone that we really wanted. Um, thank you so much
1: for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Salaha. First of all, I'm very happy that it is you <laughs> who's interviewing me, and I told you this yesterday. And it's just amazing seeing how much the podcast has grown since its initiation, and Yaman and I, and also Aziz Al-Gablan, when he was our general secretary, we really pushed for this idea. And I'm very, very proud to be on here today. Honestly, it's
0: been such a journey. It's been so much fun as well. I remember for the viewers who, who don't know, for the viewers, for the audience <laughs> who doesn't know. Um, so the MSA podcast originated around February 2021, I think. Um, I think so. Yes. And all it was, was just, we were just like, this is, this sounds fun. Let's make it Trailer or like a teaser. Mediam was part of it. Yaman was part of it. Um, Like it was really nice. It was very fun, and a lot of it was filmed here on campus. Some of it was filmed in, I think, Mediam's car or someone's car. It was pretty fun, yeah. So what I mean to say is, Mediam means a lot to the MSA podcast. She means a lot to me. I've known her since first year, first day of medical school, I think. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I can't remember. No, no,
1: it's it's crazy. We go way back. Yeah, you
0: know my earliest memory of you. Okay, so I know that I met you like somewhere during first year. I don't remember the exact date, but I remember that I we, we had this um, evening lab together, mm-hmm. and you used to make truffles.
1: Oh, okay. I think you still make <laughs> truffles. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, when I talk about truffles, it's just little um, spheres, let's say, of dough, either Oreo, Lotus, um, cookie dough, or whatever, what have you, covered in chocolate. And so that mm-hmm. was my business in high school. Um, since I was about 15 and the reason I initiated it as a project was to raise money for um, an association in Jordan called HRJ or Helping Asama. Refugees in Jordan and so it was a school project also along along that with me was Rawana Sha'ir, Rawanda Tamimi, Hanahalla as well. Um, yeah we all went to the same high school together
0: i knew that but i didn't know that they were also like part of the truffles thing i no, know they that. were
1: they we were part of the project so basically the so truffles owe, was okay. my business uh-huh. and then all the money that we'd raised from that mm-hmm. um, including other people's contributions and not mm-hmm. just my own of course mm-hmm. um, went into this refugee camp just outside of amman Fil um, uh-huh. that's the region and there is a Big refugee camp, but not all refugees were able to go in there. So this association, oh. HRJ, basically mm-hmm. made a school for the kids that were outside that camp. Oh, that's so sad though. May Allah make it easier for them. So they're um, not in a camp? To my understanding, um the so the school itself was called HRJ or that's the nonprofit organization mm-hmm. started by Catherine Ashcroft and they were able to go to school within this camp. I'm not sure if it was limited to only people outside the camp. Uh-huh, okay. Um, but all the donations we had, I remember we came with suitcases just filled with school supplies. Like oh I remember that was God. the first time I went Masha'allah. to
0: Al-Matha in Riyadh. May Allah reward you for your effort. Thank you. I mean, I mean it was a group effort honestly. May Allah reward all of you for your effort. So so you used to make these truffles and as I was saying, that was my earliest memory. So it was like evening lab mm-hmm. and you had a jar and you were telling every this is exactly what you were saying. You were telling everyone that these truffles are for charity. And you were like, if you want, I can make you truffles, but I'm still going to take money from you because I have to pay it to charity. So it's going <laughs> to go to charity. And you were like, I'm not giving anyone truffles for free. And I was like, okay. And I was like, Heidi, I'll pay you for the truffles and I'll pay you extra so you can give it all to charity. This was, I even remember where this conversation took place. It was in like the wet lab where we had like, you know, the, like the, the wet, the oh, yeah, yeah. cadavers, the and cadavers. Stuff. Yeah, that was where we were standing. It's crazy. It's crazy. You are, w- are probably one of my very first like friends from medical school.
1: Oh, that's so sweet. Salah, likewise. Can you believe we're graduating soon? I definitely can. Isn't that crazy? Even today we had the MC auditions, and it was just so bizarre to see everyone together and realizing we were in that same auditorium doing our TBLs in first year. Oh my god! And now we're in that same auditorium, inshallah, graduating very soon. So it's such a that crazy feeling. I remember
0: being in first year doing my TBLs, and at the time, I would be like, I'm never going to make it to graduation. Like, it's just never going to happen. That's just not for me. Like, in my head, I was like, I feel like I'm never going to attain that. It's just so far out of reach. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. Definitely, I do. But that was how I felt. So, mashallah, we're both graduating soon. Mm -hmm. What do you think is, like, something that shaped you into the person that you are? Like, you're a part of your college journey?
1: Definitely being um, a part of the MSA mm-hmm. um, in all my different roles. I know I've learned a lot from every single one of them. Uh, and I'm very thankful to have been able to lead the MSA mm-hmm. for two years. Ashokna. And I think especially because um, I was vice president alongside Yaman mm-hmm. for two years. And <laughs> we were crazy enough to do it twice, <laughs> I know. Um, but I really see it as an opportunity where you get to be the CEO of a company with a hierarchical structure before you would ever normally get to be a part of that. That's very interesting. So you actually describe it as being like a CEO? In a a sense, yes, because you deal with this whole hierarchy of, you know, you're reporting to your superiors and you're gathering information from everything and you're making sure everything is running along smoothly. Mm -hmm. And so although I've been running my business for a while, Mm Mm-hmm. Alhamdulillah, <laughs> Alhamdulillah I was not able to get that same opportunity Because even if it is a structure It's just me and a few people who help uh-huh. me It's not this big team That's well established with a billion departments
0: And I see That's very interesting I've never heard of someone describe it like that How did it
1: like mold you into this person that you are now? Well First thing is I learned a lot from all the people around me mm-hmm. First of all You get To develop your communication skills, Mm -hmm. um, understand why people are the way they are, Mm -hmm. um, how to operate in a working environment, which Mm -hmm. I think is an essential skill for any human being, whether in medicine or not. That is true. Um, And made amazing friends along the way. Um, I think the way it shaped me is it was not easy. It was a difficult experience. Right. Um doesn't mean that it wasn't enjoyable. I think those two things are definitely not mutually exclusive. Right, right. I understand what you mean. I, I don't know. I can't pinpoint one specific thing or one specific instance, but there's just so much that I've learned. You know what? Actually, I have a list on my phone no of way. everything I've ever learned. No as as way. I go Yeah, as I go along, or something would happen, or something would go wrong. Do you I
0: actually, ju- I actually
1: do. I I just have it in my notes app and then I would write. When you email something, make sure X Y Z, (laughs) 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 Or like major lessons where it's like, don't let someone else's anger affect your emotional. You know, like it's a very broad range. Can you like share a couple? I'm so, Mm -hmm. I'm so curious now. Let me find it.
0: Also, it's a very, I feel like it's a very like sensible thing to do. Like what's the word for it? It's a very mature and. You're like making the best of every moment basically by, by keeping a list of things that you learn along the way. That way you can reflect on it later. Definitely. It's a very nice point for like self you know, development, I think. 100%. Um, I'm going to take notes. going to start doing that. No, you can see,
1: Salihah, how long <gasps> it actually is. Like Guys. I kept. It. I'll share this if anyone wants to see it on Twitter. It's, it's like a thread, like pages, bro. It's pages. That's crazy. Mashallah. yeah so i mean it's, it's very it's very different like one thing is don't forget to tell this doctor xyz and then the can other you one tell us like a couple um
0: i mean if it's okay with you
1: I'm, I'm assuming some of them might be like a little personal okay um be proud of yourself and your team make sure they feel appreciated and cared for as much as you can remember their happiness is your success that's very nice um this is so true Um, The Al Faisal community is one of the most supportive Caring and loving you'll ever find
0: That is very true
1: What else? I'm trying to find a good one
0: I wonder what made you write that Like what occurred that you were like Okay, I should write this down so I don't forget it
1: I think it's just the work in general Mm -hmm. That's actually the reason I came to College of Medicine Was because of the community Mm -hmm. And Alhamdulillah, I'm very blessed to have been able to attend school here Mashallah, all of us Alhamdulillah Um, but I remember my first introduction to Al-Faisal ever was pre-med. And at the time, I was debating whether to go to Al-Faisal or KSU. Oh, okay. And just seeing the way seniors lift up their, mm-hmm. you know, the freshmen and even the juniors. And mm-hmm. just seeing that kind of environment where mm-hmm. everyone wants to help each other. Mm-hmm. And even... I had one of the girls in the library stop me the other day she's like are you can I ask for advice I'm (laughs) like of course and I'm sure if you go up to any of your seniors Mm -hmm. as you know this is going to all younger students if you sit in the library and ask them about anything even if you're like hey can you please teach me this lecture I'm really struggling Mm -hmm. I'm sure that none of them will say no
0: that is so true that's very true and I feel like we've cultivated that culture like I know that you've Ta- so many PAL sessions in fact my very first PAL session was with you yes I remember <laughs> <laughs> so it was a collaboration between you and I I remember that that's so long ago it was that was second crazy. year was the second year I think it was second year yeah I oh think oh it was in the beginning. we second can't year. teach PAL in first year so it must have been second year it was biochem we were talking about enzyme kinetics <laughs> I still remember this and I still get it wrong in your world guys. <laughs> <All laughs> <laughs> those
1: doing steps and those in first year taking
0: biochem May Allah make easy for you. So yeah, so I know that, you know, we really help cultivate this culture here. And what that means is future years when they come, they see us doing it. They start doing it themselves. And Masala really become like a thing. Like people come in and they get, it gets like, you know, incorporated into their their habits and stuff. And they start, you know, you know, what's it called? Adapting to Mm -hmm. this environment of helping everyone out, Um, which I feel like is really nice. I have a question. So, Mashallah, you're talking a lot about, um, you know, helping others out. And you also mentioned the charity business that you worked for. I know that was in high school. But um, I just have, like, a couple of questions about what do you think um, someone can do to enhance their university experience as
1: much as possible? Let's say if they were a college student right now. I think this applies not only to college, but everyone in their teens, 20s, even beyond that. Mm Mm-hmm. Invest in yourself. Invest in your mind. Invest in your body. Invest in your spirituality. And I think a lot of people look at these things as something that's very unachievable. When, in my opinion, it's quite simple. Um, This is not necessarily a change I've done, but just something I enjoy doing, for example, is Mm -hmm. listening to TED Talks. So even something as basic as... Okay, I'm sitting having dinner. Mm-hmm. I could easily watch a TV show, right? Mm-hmm. But I would sit there instead and watch a TED Talk, watch a TED Ed video, um, learn more about psychology, philosophy. There's, the internet is limitless. That is true. And I think a lot of us don't use it to our advantage. Mm, you make a very good point. And so, for example, that's for me investing in my mind mm-hmm. and then investing in my body in terms of my health. I love going to the gym. I know, (laughs) Masana. (laughs) I have been doing CrossFit for a very long amount of time, and I recently got into calisthenics. No way. Yeah, it's very... You do calisthenics? I I can't do crazy handstand stuff. Isn't it
0: crazy? Like,
1: doesn't it take crazy endurance? It takes a lot of strength and body control, because I I realized over time, um, I'm very good with weightlifting. I feel like I'm great with manipulating the barbell, Mm -hmm. but with basic body weight movements i feel more unfamiliar with myself so i'm trying to cultivate that more interesting okay so inshallah so, that's yeah. pretty cool that Thank you. um so with that i look at it in terms of i want to be at very you know late stages in my life inshallah inshallah i want to be strong you mm-hmm. know i still want to carry that with me and i look at my aunt for example mm-hmm. dr adina Tayyib, she um, runs triathlons. For those who don't mashallah. know, that's basically um, you do. I think it's four k of swimming, and then you basically bike a crazy amount, and then after that you finish it off with the marathon. That's wow! Like all cow- in one day. All in one day, like in approximately let's say like fifteen hours or less. Um, so it's crazy. She's mashallah, mashallah, mashallah. the first um, Saudi in gen- like Saudi female or male um, to compete in the World Championships for mm-hmm. Ironman.
0: Mashallah, mashallah. So What's Ironman?
1: Uh, the, the triathlon competition oh, okay. that, okay. that she does. And so I look at my aunt, for example, and, you know, mashallah, the shape that her body Shabbat. is in. And I think to myself, I want to have that kind of strength when I'm that, when I'm older. That's who know. I want to be. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Gosh, I admire her a lot and she knows how much I love her, definitely.
0: Oh, so do you think that definitely investing in your health is a way to get there? 100%. How does investing in like your mental
1: well-being help? Well, I think first of all, we don't realize, in terms of medical school specifically, mm-hmm. that your productivity is not you studying alone. It's not you working hard alone. Your productivity is not working hard only, or studying only, or you staying late hours into the night, just cramming, for example. Mm-hmm. Your productivity is all these different elements that we tend to think of as non-productive. First and foremost, rest. We don't really prioritize that. Mm-hmm. Sleep, um, your physical health. Just even if you can't, for example, go to the gym, just mm-hmm. walking in your break, just 30 minutes. Take a lap around the university. Walk around the garden. And just make sure you keep yourself moving. And me, for me personally, the gym has been such an amazing outlet um, For me, when I'm stressed Mm -hmm. um, or when I feel like I'm working too hard. And I say that knowing that I haven't always been going to the gym all like five years of med school. I have periods where everything is so hectic and I feel like it's the first thing I took to the side that that happens. You know, you can't be working at 120 Mm percent all the time. Sometimes you need to categorize and prioritize things. Mm -hmm. But even with that, I think it's very important um, making sure to remember that you are not alone. Mm-hmm. you always have people around you and i know our brains tend to trick us into thinking that i'm alone in this i feel like i'm struggling i'm suffering but again if you go to your friends even your seniors um counselors there is always someone that is more than happy to help so long as you ask for it people can't read your mind you know mm-hmm. um right what else in terms of mental health um, Hmm. So you mentioned uh, you know
0: physically improving yourself, or investing in your health physically, and you you mentioned investing in your you know mental health and seeking help when you need it. Um, what about spiritual
1: health? So for spiritual health, I think it's something that fluctuates for people. That and is true. Yeah. We tend to shame ourselves for it. We also tend
0: to neglect it or ignore it. Like, yes, we know we're not our, you know, our um, spiritual health is not very great. But we tend to ignore that part more than, let's say, if my physical health was not great or if my mental health was not great. I don't know. What Definitely, do you think? Definitely. I think
1: at least I can say this for myself personally. Mm hmm. I think there tends to be a view on religion from a very unforgiving nature. And we tend to be very hard on ourselves if, Mm -hmm. let's say, um, we haven't prayed five times a day for, let's say, a month, a year, two years, five years, however long or short it may be. Mm -hmm. And we tend to think that that is shameful Mm -hmm. when, again, I I look at it in terms of this is something that fluctuates. And you can't do anything about the past. All you can do is try to be better in the future. That is true. And I think at least, you know, the the school environment that I had was looking at it uh, from a point of this is something that you have to do. You Mm -hmm. have to pray, which is true. I'm not negating that in any way, Mm -hmm. shape or form. But if you shift your mindset in very subtle ways where this is something I get to do. This is something Mm -hmm. that allows me a break from everything going on around Mm -hmm. me. This is time for myself. I think, at least for me, when I shifted my view in that kind of way, Mm -hmm. it made a world of a difference because, and this doesn't only apply to spiritual health. I think this applies to everything. When you stop shaming yourself and beating yourself down for these things and you change the way you speak to yourself, it makes such a huge difference. Even in, let's say, in terms of academics, saying, I get to learn this, and saying, Instead of saying, I have to study this. Hmm, right, I see you what know? you mean. Even with the gym, if I, if I say, just, let's say, I had a period in my life where I was very stressed and overwhelmed. Mm. And I wasn't able to go to the gym as regularly, if at all. Mm. I could sit there and say, I don't have time for this. I don't have time. I'm always busy. I don't have time. Or I could just tell myself, Maryam, this is not a priority right now. And although I'm technically saying the same thing, this feels infinitely better to your mental health. And I think that's something that applies to everything, you know?
0: That's, very, that's a very beautiful point you made. And I feel like you're right. It does apply to everything. For example, when we rest. Or let's say, like, you feel like you wasted a day. Like, you weren't able to study as much as you liked. Or maybe you, you, know, you took a nap and it was supposed to be 30 minutes. It became three hours or whatever. I feel like positive self-talk is really important in moments like these. Because I could beat myself up about not having studied for like those 3 extra hours that I could have squeezed in or I can look at it from the point of view of someone else. For example, let's say if, you know, I'm, you know, I'm giving advice to someone else, how would I speak to them? I would tell them, "Your body clearly needed that rest. That's why mm-hmm. you slept 3 hours instead of 30 minutes. You were tired. You probably were making up for something that your mind does not know but your body recognizes." So, I feel like that really changes your perspective on like wasting time, quote unquote, because we do beat ourselves up about it a lot, but in reality, if you're wasting time, what that means is your mind is too tired to do anything else. Maybe you need to check in, you know, kind of like look within yourself and be like, why am I actually wasting time? It's probably because I'm really tired or I'm really exhausted of this or there's something else bothering me or there's something going on. And I feel like that's, you know, that's definitely really helpful. Another thing I would say is when it comes to spiritual health, um, you're right, by the way, people do kind of, It sometimes I've seen people develop this mindset where they're like, I haven't been religious for so long. Why become pious now? Like, why should I start? But the way I see it is, like, the past doesn't matter, like you said. There's no better day to change than now. And another way that I see it, which really helps me, is that, you know, Allah gives us so many things. And subhanAllah, we're blessed incredibly to be going to this university, to be in medical school, even just like at home, the house that to I have. To physical the and, you p- know, Exactly, health. physical health and just to have a roof over my head, to have running water, subhanAllah, we're so blessed. Allah gives us all these things. The least we can do is to ask, to, to do the few things that He asks of us,
1: you know? Definitely. And it's it brings you so much peace when you come to terms with the fact that just in Allah, ghoforun Rahim. Right. So there was this beautiful clip that I listened to from uh, Noor Ghandoor. She's an actress. And um, she was interviewed in A.B. Talks a while ago, Mm -hmm. um, which is a podcast that I love and I highly recommend. (laughs) Um, So basically she said, Alhamdulillah, then Alhamdulillah, then Alhamdulillah. And so whatever situation you're in, Allah is the one who put you in that, mm-hmm. in that place, in that mm-hmm. scenario. Mm-hmm. He is mm-hmm. the most merciful. So, mm-hmm. you know, who are you to say that this situation or whatever it is that you're going through is unfair? No matter how difficult it is, I think we tend to look at things in a very um, zoomed in or like micro point of view. And something my mom taught me was always zoom out, you know, this might feel like the worst time in your life. But maybe you're going through this to be able to help someone else through that. But you don't know that yet because you haven't gotten to that point in your life, you know. Wow, that's such a beautiful way of looking at it. Oh, my yeah, God. She, she sat me down the other day. She was giving me advice. So she, she told me, she's like, you, you, when you are in a very especially emotionally driven situation, like mm. let's say um, you're upset that something happened or you're sad or you're hurt, you tend to be blinded by the feeling of that emotion. You have tunnel vision. All you see is mm. I was hurt by this person. Mm. Or this person made me angry. Or this person made me angry. You don't l- tend to look at the other side of the situation. You don't tend to zoom out and look that. Okay, um, this in the grand scheme of things does not actually matter. Mm. Maybe this person was having a bad day. Mm. Maybe this. Maybe that. Maybe this
0: person had a deadline they were trying to meet, and that's why they released say anger on me. Something. Something. Something.
1: Exactly. And it's not to say that you should excuse bad behavior. It's just right. to look at things from a view of. Although it feels like it, especially when you're in that very emotionally <laughs> driven state, you are not the center of the universe. You know, and you, when you look at someone and you say, for example, you did something, Salihah. I know you didn't, but just... To Let's <laughs> to say, say I pissed you off. <laughs> and then, or, or you acted out in a, in a specific way. And then I look, okay, Salihah is the way she is because of X, Y, Z. And kind of, you mm. know, looking at you as, as a person, psychoanalyzing people from from afar lets you rationalize a lot of things and lets you understand people. That's, I think, one of the reasons I really enjoyed being in the MSA was mm. you get to meet so many people and you get to talk to so many people and learn so many different perspectives that you're kind of able to look at a person and say, hmm, okay, I understand why this person acts this way. It's very because, interesting. You know, they were dealt with, th- like, in It in also gives way. you
0: peace of mind, doesn't it? It makes it easier to deal with people. Definitely. Like, let's say if I know a person who acts out a lot or takes me off a lot, in my head, I like, let's say if I know a little bit more about them, I can be like, I can see why this person enjoys taking people off. It's just who they are. Like, I'm not saying that that's something that's, that you should say about someone. But, you know, in your head, once you come to terms with it, once you come to terms with it, I feel like it becomes so much easier to accept things. Like, it just, I feel so much at peace. For example, silly example that I'll give you. My brother, my little brother, likes to annoy people. Like, it's just how he is. But He's he's young, but he just likes to, like, tick people off. It's just a brother thing. But once I realized that he just, it's just who he is, he'll mature eventually. And once I came to peace with it, he doesn't annoy me anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's, if, if whether he stopped annoying me. I don't think he did because he still annoys other people. But I think I just came to peace with it. And then I was like, nothing he does is frustrating to me anymore. Like,
1: because I'm. So over it, you know? Yeah, I it's just, accept yeah. it. <laughs> it's, it's interesting because I think, I, again, I, I know these are going to come up as we, as we continue talking, mm-hmm. but another thing that, you know, all these experiences have taught me is you cannot control everything, nor should you want to control everything. Because, you know, once hmm. you get to that point, and I'm not saying that I am at that point, I'm, I'm definitely, definitely working <laughs> on it. But once you start to accept things, for the way they are. That's so yeah, hard to you know. do, though. No. It's it's so difficult. But once you get closer to that, it just makes life a lot easier.
0: I know it does. Like, I hear you. But I'm a perfectionist. I feel
1: like you I, are, too. I am, too. too. We're I, both I completely perfectionists. I've seen the
0: way you make your notes. And I'm like, subhanAllah, the way she makes them is, like, exactly the way I would make them. It's just, it's a difficult life.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well... Being a perfectionist is tough. And another thing is, because I'm a perfectionist, I'm like, if I want something done right, I got to do it myself. Oh, I completely understand that. It is so tough as a perfectionist. Oh, my God. I think that's what you mean here. I don't know how you came to terms with it.
1: How are you working on it? I honestly, I always have this rule with myself where if there is something I want to gain as a skill, um, again, on my notes app, <laughs> I have this list of goals that I just sit and write for myself like Mm. let me get you a a better example but let's say to stop micromanaging that's my goal and and i know myself personally that was a problem for me when i first went to the msa because i want everything to go right and i want everything to go my way but you just come to realize that one this experience is not yours alone Mm -hmm. it is even though they will make mistakes whoever you're working with or just you know people in general it's their right to learn their mistakes just that as much true. as it is you wanting to make it um you know the or present the best work possible mm-hmm. and so realizing that okay i could sit and i could do all the work in the msa but i can't do that right and i won't <laughs> do that and i know i need to take a step back for my mental health mm-hmm. and again realize that this is not my experience alone. Hmm. You know, this is everyone's experience to share.
0: That's a very good way to put it. I think another way that um, might help. I just thought of this right now. Is let's say, like you said, it's also their experience to share, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you're the head of a committee. You have a pup- you have a bunch of people working under you they have like you said they have a right to do their work but they also have a right to learn from you they're there to learn from you like let's say you're the head you are the msa vice so everyone working like uh, you know in the committees they are looking to you for pointers they're supposed to make mistakes so you can
1: tell them how to do it correctly does that make sense definitely definitely and i think you making mistakes is what allows you to learn Right, and whenever I have any kind of skill that I want to learn or something I want to get better at, one, I write it down. I like to write everything down because Mm -hmm. I feel like... I can see that. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Um, I I like to write it down and kind of define what it is that I want. Like, let's Mm -hmm. say, for example, um, I want to emotionally regulate better. I want to be able to stay calm in stressful situations, Mm -hmm. for example. And so I, I'm the kind of person where I will put myself in that stressful situation so that I can learn how to operate calmly. That's a bit crazy. <laughs> but I get it, actually. I think I understand. Like, I think you, if you don't put yourself through uncomfortable situations into new environments, mm. how are you expected to grow? That's true. Growth never comes from the comfort zone. Definitely.
0: 100%. right so i have a different sort of question if you were starting medical school all over again what is something that you could tell your
1: first yourself don't be too hard on yourself and i think that's something that i still need to hear now although i i, I know i've gotten much better at it with time don't be too hard on yourself and take everything step by step hmm. take it day by day How do you mean? You mentioned earlier that, you know, when you're in first year, especially graduation seems like a mile away. Yeah. You know? So just know that, okay, every day I want to do my best. Hmm. And sometimes my best doesn't always look the same. Sometimes I can finish everything I have in that day. Hmm. Other times my body is not capable of finishing that or my mind is not able to cram all that information for one reason or another. Hmm. But I wish I was kinder to myself and I wish I could tell Aww. my younger self that. That, again, you are not your productivity. You are not the amount of lectures you can finish in a day. You are not the amount of Anki cards you have memorized. I think that's, that's more relevant for, this, for the <laughs> new ones now. But um, that's one thing. Um, second thing, which is something I've always seen my father do and I very highly appreciate, is mm-hmm. whatever you do, Set your intentions, the way we do in Ramadan before mm-hmm. fasting. Mm-hmm. Say, okay, I intend to fast all of Ramadan, and then you still, even though you intended this, you still renew your intention every day. Every day. Yeah. Right. And so I think if you take that and you apply it to everything else, it allows you to kind of get out of that perspective of, oh, I have so many lectures to finish and I feel <laughs> horrible and. I stayed till evening lab and I had it. Remember when we used to have like TBLs at eight and then we'd stay till late because we had our evening lab. So it's very exhausting, not gonna lie. Oh yeah, first year was very exhausting. Mm. But, you know, taking a step back and even when I'm exhausted, looking at, for example, the lecture I have to finish Mm. and reminding myself, what is my intention behind that? I'm studying. I'm spending all these long hours and all this time so that I can help people. Mm. And so when you kind of, look at why you're doing what you're doing, it makes it a lot easier to accomplish whatever it is So you're, you're saying through. like keep renewing your intentions. Definitely. Remind yourself of why. Remind, yeah, whenever things get very difficult and like, not only in studying mm-hmm. in, in everything, just remind yourself or, or introspect, look, wh- why am I doing this in the first place? Maybe you mm. didn't set your intentions and that's perfectly fine. Just look for what can I gain out of this? Or, also gives or you purpose, this, I be think. of service. right.
0: You know? It doesn't give you also like purpose. It gives you purpose. Definitely. Like you're like, I'm doing this for this reason. This is what I want out of it. I want this. I want to help these people. I want to support this, you know, so-and-so. Mashallah, that's really nice. If you were to do something differently, I'm guessing you would tell yourself, you know, you wouldn't define yourself by your productivity. What are some other things that you would do differently if you were to like be given the chance to start medical school all over again?
1: I'll be very honest. I don't think I would have done anything differently. Really? Really? I I know that I might not have, you know, done the best um, overall. But I think every single experience that I've had, mm. even though I was too hard on myself in first year. Mm. But if I didn't have that experience, I wouldn't have been able to soften up on myself. You wouldn't be able in to end. say this now. Like, uh, you should be softer on yourself. Yeah. And I think ev- all the experiences I've had, whether positive or negative in the MSA, you know, Um, And I think anyone who was in the board with us that year knows like the amount of problems that happened and suddenly something happens and you have to run and you spend, you know, there are sleepless nights and this, this, that. Um, But I think every single thing I've gone through, Mm -hmm. I've learned from. So I wouldn't go back and and, and change it in any way because I think it makes me who I am today. And I don't like going through life with regrets. I I, I like reflecting more so on. I mean, one thing I think. I think I would tell you is if I look at my first year self and, and I asked her, Maryam, what is your biggest fear? I would say failure easily. Mm-hmm. But I look at that very differently now because especially with all of these things that happened and all the things that went wrong mm-hmm. and this and that, failure is the cornerstone for growth. Failure and means you tried. Exactly. And even if you didn't get the grade you wanted or things didn't go the way they were planned. Mm. Number one is everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And you might not know that reason for a long time or ever, but that's number one. Second thing is okay, this didn't go the way it was supposed to. Mm. You let yourself feel through whatever emotion it is. Like, let's say you made a huge mistake mm. in okay. an event, and like uh, it's detrimental. Oh, it's spoiling everything. <laughs> <laughs> so my my father gave me this role, and they use it in NASA. I'm not 100% sure how accurate it is, but I'll just say it anyway. So he told me, he's like, let's say you messed up Mm -hmm. or you did something horrible or detrimental. You give yourself two minutes to beat yourself up as much as you want, be as angry at yourself as you can be. And then after those two minutes are up, you're going to move on and you're going to fix the problem. So you're not letting yourself bottle in those emotions and you're allowing yourself space and time to kind of be angry but then you have to realize that okay i could sit and be angry for like 50 minutes Mm, or i could stop and deal with the problem and this is nasa we're talking about so they don't have the time or luxury of of, you know mistakes in here and there and Um, You know
0: what's funny? So my friends have a very similar quote that they say. I don't know how. Maybe they maybe it's been inspired by NASA, but they have a quote which they say, whenever one of us is sad or upset about something or you know, beating themselves up about something, they say, You have two minutes to cry and you have to be back to being gangster. (laughs) Two (laughs) minutes and you gotta be back to being gangster. (laughs) And honestly, I think about a lot. such a nice quote because I'm like, okay, I'm giving myself two minutes. Two minutes? Not literally two minutes. Sometimes it stretches like a little bit, you know, yeah. Um, when you're upset, it happens. Um, but I'm like, okay, two minutes. I can't let this, you know, minute upsetness ruin the rest of my month or ruin the rest of my week. I can't let that happen. So it's actually a very good way to kind of feel those feelings. Make sure you're like, you know, mm-hmm. you completely feel them. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be sad. And then you move forward. And I feel like that's a very good way to look at it.
1: Definitely. I think bottling... Yeah, and saying this as someone who definitely has done that in the past <laughs> and sometimes still now. So being someone who bottles up your emotions is only going to make it worse over time, even if it doesn't feel like it. That's true. So they come you, out in unhealthy ways. Definitely. So you need to create an outlet, whether it's going to therapy or talking mm. to a friend about it, whether it's writing, which is something I love to do. I've been a writer since I was a kid. And, no um, way, really. Yeah. I, it was my dream once to be a to writer. To be a writer? To yeah. be like an author? Yeah. Well, that we'll, is so cool. We'll see. We'll see. Um, inshallah. Let's inshallah. see. Inshallah. <laughs> and um,
0: where was I? You were talking about. Oh my God, I lost my train of thought. What were we talking about?
1: Oh, okay, different outlets. <laughs> yeah. So, whether that's um, talking to a therapist or a friend um, or going to the gym uh, or writing, which is something I've loved for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And so, finding that kind of outlet especially creative i know that definitely definitely helps me being able to not be a med student all the time is the best thing you can do
0: what are some other things that you do when you're not working and by work i mean like medical school
1: staff msa staff everything that you do i know you do a lot mashallah. uh okay i have this thing in general where i will look at something and think oh my god that's so cool and interesting i want to try that for example knitting
0: no way. <laughs> I'm like, that's so
1: cool. I want to try that. And we learned how to knit in high school for that same project. We made like a big blanket. For it's the, so cute. For the refugees, it was so cute. Um, and so I looked at knitting and I'm like, that's cool. I want to learn it's how so to do that. It's so random.
0: I was expecting something so different. I was expecting like, you know, like gaming
1: or like, I don't know, like how to fly a plane or something. <laughs> I, know, knitting. I think, again, the internet is so limitless and you can just sit and learn whatever you want to. And I genuinely don't think we take advantage of that as much as we should. And same thing with, I just picked up crocheting. We were, um, I was in Birmingham with mm-hmm. my friend. And, no, sorry, I was not in Birmingham. I was in Manchester okay. with my friend. Uh, and we went to just this huge craft store and I got so excited. And That's I saw awful. all the knickknacks and everything. And I got a ball of yarn and I got like a stick, like you know, the crochet hook. And on the train back to London for... Cause like the the spirit summer program that i did Mm -hmm. i just learned to crochet on the train from one single youtube video it wasn't perfect but what did you make i made a bag and although it took me like a (laughs) while to finish it it's lopsided so i can't use it but hey i learned how to make a bag at least you made a bag yeah it's cute so i um i love reading oh mashallah yeah me too it's it's so fun. I used to be such an avid reader and I look back at myself in middle school and high school and I just question how I was able to finish so many books in such a short amount of time. You know what? Literally me too. Literally me too. I was thinking about
0: this like last week. I don't know what it was. I think we just had a lot of time or mental space. My Probably. attention span was a lot longer mm-hmm. at the time. But yeah, like you said, I used to love
1: books too. What are some authors that you like? Um, my favorite author right now is Mitch Albom. Um, his Mitch favorite book Alba. of mine is called The Five People You Meet in Heaven. And it just came to me at a time where I really, really needed it. And it was it's such a wonderful read. Mm. Um, I like to describe his stories as like a storybook for adults in a way because mm-hmm. he has a way of just captivating the reader and make it feel so immersive, you know, um but at the same time it's it's a more realistic story and it's more about life lessons so you feel like i really like that you it's not you know the you know the feeling of dystopian novels hunger games mm, harry right, potter or that kind of stuff there's a harsh reality to things he reminds you of it yeah, in a sense yes and it's also just life lessons delivered in such a beautiful way um, so my, my favorite book of his is the five people you meet. You know, I think here.
0: I know Mitch alba He has a book called like Mondays with Maury or something. A Tuesdays with Tuesdays, Maury. Tuesdays. I was so close. <laughs> you know, I was debating. I was like, is it Tuesdays or is it Mondays? It's Monday. My
1: dad really likes. I'm sorry, Ms. it's alba. Tuesdays. Is it Tuesdays? It's Tuesdays with Maury. Yeah. I got it wrong after you got it wrong. That's yeah, okay. my bad.
0: <laughs> Tuesdays with Maury. I really like that book. I feel like he has this way of writing, which is very captivating, like you said. And he he's not afraid to show the harsh reality of life, but at the same time present it in a way which is very, like you learn from it. Every minute mm-hmm. that you read his books, you feel like I'm learning so much. That was really me. That mm-hmm. was me when I was reading his books. Um, I feel like also his books are similar to, I don't know if you've read Chicken Soup, a Chicken Soup for the Soul. Yes, Chicken uh, my Soup my for mom the Soul. Has it.
1: I don't I don't remember reading it or maybe parts of it, but I was like I, I was a kid at the oh, time, okay. but I remember I would always see it on my mom's bookshelf. I used to think it was an adult's book until one time I read it, and
0: I was like, these are s- crazy stories. These mm-hmm. are some crazy inspirational stories. It was really nice. Yeah.
1: So much album, inshallah? Yeah, and also, um, well, right now I'm reading this very interesting book. I, I like the whole concept of it. Um, so it's life lessons from Stoicism. And so Stoicism is an old Greek philosophy that basically focuses on Um, being virtuous as a person and so they have you know different parameters of that and people kind of look at stoicism as you know something that's very cold let's say Um, but it's very interesting and I like learning about philosophy a lot Mm. and so it's basically this this big book that I keep on my nightstand and it has a different lesson for each day that you're supposed to like meditate or reflect on. And so it, it's by date, so like from January 1st all the way That's to... It's pretty cool, like a calendar almost, but a book. Yeah, and so I haven't been reading it for that long. I only started it a few days ago, but mm. it's 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 very nice to to have that sort of thing. And it's not a heavy read, it's just, you know, a page a day. Right. But you sit and you think and you kind of reflect on whatever that may be and however that might apply to your life. So I'm curious, tell
0: me a little bit more about stoicism. Like I I really want to know because I see it portrayed on social media in both ways i see it as something that people make fun of because they think it's very uh like unforgiving almost maybe or stern or they i'm not sure what it is but i do see a lot of memes about it but then i also see some tiktoks about it which are really nice and when i see them i'm like i feel like i'm already doing this i feel like 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 my growth over the years, I learned these trips these tips and tricks, and I learned to incorporate them and then I'm like, am I a stoic i
1: don't know <laughs> so what is it really it's just i mean again, different people look at it differently, um, but the reason I do enjoy it is because of how it focuses on you know being a virtuous human being um, in, in a lot of different aspects you know in, in the way you deal with people and, and happiness, and I see a lot of um similarities at least in, in my own eyes between specific teachings and stoicism um, and islam and i like how heavily it focuses on that kind of self-reflection and so i do this thing where if there's anything i enjoy like let's say i came across a um a video that was 12 stoic questions that will change your life for example <laughs> and that's a very dramatic title but I like the content, so you know I copied it and then put it into my notes app. That's so cool. Uh, of course. Do you have it? Yeah. Can so, I hear it? Um, for example, there's this one quote that says, show me who you spend time with and I will tell you who you are. I know this one. Mm-hmm.
0: Your friends, th- it's something kind of like, tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. I feel like it's like a paraphrasing of that quote.
1: Exactly. And so the question, for example, is who are you spending time with? So being able mm-hmm. to kind of think about that and reflect on that. And I think that's, it's very, very true and, you need to give yourself room to to kind of outgrow people and it's perfectly fine. It's not, you're not a bad person for um, not being very diligent or keeping in touch with person X. You're busy. You have have a Mm -hmm. life. um, That's just how I tend to operate. I'm not the kind of person that's going to message every day uh, and, you know, be very involved with people in my life. But I am the kind of person that if you are my friend, if you call me in the middle of the night, and you need support in any kind of way, I am 100% there for you. I just might not physically be there all the time. Um, It's very nice. So another question, which goes back to what we were talking about, is Is this in my control? And Mm, micromanaging. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of different things, and just worrying and being anxious and stressed. actually
0: so right. Oh, my God, like the more I think about it, is this in my control? Like someone lashes out at you, you're not... Uh, you know, you don't know how to respond. And then you think, is this my control? No, it's not. You can't do anything about it. You can't change what's happened. You just have to move past it. That is crazy.
1: Yeah. And so another one I like is to be or to do. So asking yourself, am I trying to be an important person or am I trying to accomplish important things? So kind of, you know, keeping your ego in check specifically. That's a very nice one. You know, within medicine, I, I see that a lot of people want to become the best of the best but once Mm -hmm. they get to that point they're not able to take criticism Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i Uh, know what you mean they kind of they become arrogant sometimes yeah and and there's i strongly believe there is no cap on your learning no matter who you are and no matter who you talk to there is always something you can learn from every single person around there's a canadian psychologist his name is jordan
0: peterson i'm not sure if you know of him I've heard his name, but I haven't seen his content. (laughs) So he's a little controversial, so I'm not going to talk too much about him. But he has this book called 12 Rules for Life or something like that. Mm -hmm. And in one of those, or like one of his 12 rules is that every person that you speak to assume that they know something that you need. Like they have Mm -hmm. a piece of information that you could benefit from. And I feel like that when I read this, it really changed my perspective on like how I talk to people who are at all stages of life. Like, even people who are younger than you have so much to teach you. Mm -hmm. People who are older naturally have so much to teach you. But this quote really puts you in check. Like, it helps you kind of look within yourself and you're like, okay, every person that I approach, there's no room for arrogance or pride or anything. You have to be – like, humility and and humbleness kind of should, uh, uh, you know, come on top. And it just – it really helps, especially when you're – when you're when you're a person who's trying to learn from everyone remembering this quote is really helpful
1: 100 percent, and i think you know once you get to that point regardless of which stage you are at in your life realizing that there's always something that you could be better in and it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that you're you know devaluing all the things you have accomplished or all the skills that you do have but i think realizing that no matter how good you are, there's always going to be someone better. And you can either choose to look at that in terms of, you know, um, jealousy or have it make you angry. Or you can look at it from a view of, okay, this person is doing better than me in whatever it is. They're better at the specific skill. They're better academically. They're better at anything. You can either look at things from a view of I'm so jealous of this person. Mm-hmm. I don't like that this person has this and I don't. Or you can look at it as, I wonder how this person got there. You know, looking at it from, a, from terms of curiosity. Because I think especially a lot of negative emotions, we tend to um, shove aside or we tend to just kind of shame ourselves for having, like, don't mm-hmm. be jealous, don't be this, don't be that. But I think really being in tune with your emotions and looking at these things as guideposts. I'm jealous of this person for let's say someone is doing better than me and Mm. I don't know I guess because this is been school so let's say someone got a better grade than me Mm. I can sit and say I hate that they have this and they don't deserve this and I still worked hard or I could go and from a point of curiosity be like okay um, how did this person get to this point what can I learn from this person right Um, what is your strategy Right. Know, how do you study? How do you manage your time? Things like that. Definitely. And I think and something that I had a whole rant on Twitter about is other people's success does not take away from your own. Mm, right. And you helping others, you teaching others will never ever take away anything that is meant for you. Because That's what tr- is meant for you is meant for you. Right. It's written and you, you can't, can't change do, that. Yeah. And so you going into medical school or, or anything, anything in life, again, setting your intention and saying, I want to do this to help person X, Y, Z, you know? Mm. Or w- when I share my notes, for example, even though mm-hmm. it's a very basic thing, I remember, mm-hmm. I remember it was POD and <laughs> the pharma, tab- like the, the pharma slides just were quite unorganized. So I just got so angry and I put everything into a table myself. Mm. And I almost didn't send it, but I told myself, Miriam, if one person benefited from this, that is more than enough. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: That's true. You know, there's also like this ayah which beautifully puts it in the Quran. I forgot which surah. Um, I don't have it on memorized. But the ayah says, or part of the ayah says, that to help one person is to help all of mankind. Or to save the life of one person is to save the life of all of mankind.
1: ف... I don't know it completely. I can pull it, it it's out, it's though. though it's the reason was named is for that ayah. Really? Yeah. Hold on, let me find but it. But that's like for revival. Wait, woman, ahyaha. Yeah. Woman, ahyaha, that's, jami'an. That's the ayah. But there's also like a surah, sorry, a hadith about helping others. Found it. I found it. Okay,
0: so the one that I was referencing, um, you're right, it's woman Ahyaha, Faka'anama Ahyannas Jamiaan. Right, yeah, it's from an Ma'ida. Yeah, that's the reason woman Ahyaha was called woman Ahyaha. I remember they told me.
1: What is the phrase woman Ahyaha mean? Uh, saving? And. Um, it's it's about you know if you if you save one person you s- it's the equivalent of saving all of mankind.
0: That's what that means. The phrase like that part that yeah, word. Yeah, it comes from "hay" like from for, to save a life is ah, to save the woman. life yeah. of mankind. Very nice, mashallah. And um, mm. yeah. So yes, you're right. Even even if it just helps one person, that in itself is an incredible yeah. thing. For me personally, um, when I was when I used to study I used to make tables too but I was so ashamed of them because I was convinced that they were really poor quality so I would never send them to anyone but you know when when I became friends with more people who were junior to me and they would be like oh do you have anything that could possibly help us like do you have any resources or anything that you made any notes and I was like you know I, I did make these tables they're not that great but I can send them to you. And I sent them the tables. And it turns out they were so happy. And they were like, alhamdulillah, they were so oh grateful God. for it. And it's those little things. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. think that these could ever help anyone. And I was embarrassed because I used to make all my things last minute. Like, the night before an exam, I would be going over my tables, making my tables, you know? <laughs> so... Um, so I. But you're right. I feel like it really puts it in perspective. I shouldn't be ashamed of it, I
1: think. I think... I mean, I'm always going to be ashamed of the fact that I'm doing it last minute because no, it's. But <laughs> I think at the end of the day, if so long as it helps someone, that's all that matters. You know what mm. I mean? For all I know, maybe there's someone else in the batch who's also doing it last minute, <laughs> also could,
0: <laughs> who could study with Five me. Five minutes before <laughs> the
1: exam happens,
0: bro, you have no idea. Five minutes before the exam, I'm still reviewing things. Oh, always, always, eternally. You know, there's just a lot of a lot of people saying that you know, the day before the exam is supposed to be chill. You're supposed to be done with all your studying. Impossible. Never meet. Could never be me. I know you're very much like me because we both are awake at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. <laughs> the night before the exam. <laughs> I'm trying get better. Because you,
1: sen- <laughs> <'cause laughs> you send me questions and I send you stuff. Yeah, but even like that, for example, and, and the, you know this specifically, whenever I'd be solving questions, I'd always, you know, send it to all my friends and then yeah. and anyone else that might, that asks me, hey, can, can you send me stuff that mm-hmm. you're solving? And, Alhamdulillah, I'm very glad that my parents raised me in this way that I have never once seen that as, oh, my God, I'm going to send Salihah, um questions and then she's going to know the questions and then she's going to do better than me. It no. never takes away from you ever yeah. to help someone. Because it is always a, a collective growth. I mean, and if you're thinking with this mindset now, how are we supposed to build a community where people support each other in the future, especially within medicine? Mm-hmm. because right. it's, it's not easy the field of medicine is difficult and rates right. of physician burnout are high and right you know the emotional t- emotional turbulence of it all is, mm-hmm. is very intense so we need to be that support system for each other that's very true before we're that's able to true. be that kind of support system for patients you know you need to take care of yourself to be able to take care you worded of it very people. nicely
0: mashallah i'm not gonna lie thanks very beautiful warning So I can tell that there are several things that you stand by. What, are, what do you think are some things that you stand by that are most important to you? Like when it comes to the way that
1: you live your life. Like what do you live by? That's my question. <laughs> I try to be very intentional with all of my actions. And not to the point where I'm you know, overthinking every minute detail but just doing things in generally from a place of love and wanting to help others and never intentionally wanting to harm another person in in any type of way. Mm. Um, That's one. And kindness. Always extending that kindness to other people because you don't know what anyone is going through at any given moment. And so it also goes through a lens of who are you to judge this person Mm, for being the way that they are. Right. You... It would bother me a lot whenever I would see people, whether in medicine or not in medicine, kind of shaming people or, you know, oh, this person is a bad person or this or that. I just kind of take a step back and my mom always tells me this. Who are you to judge? Mm, right. What if that person ends up being your daughter or son or your sister or what in whatever situation they may be in? you don't know anything about this person mm. and what they're going on or what is going on on a day-to-day basis. Or mm-hmm. maybe they have a relative that's sick. And, you know, all these things that you look at a person and all you see is, oh my God, I can't believe Salih did that. You never look at, you know, you, you, n- you will never know what is truly going on in, in a person's head inside their lives, whether it's a mental struggle they're battling, physical ailments, um, situations. You never know. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't you just... Be kinder to people. That's true. In the way you speak, in the way you act, in the way you extend a helping hand. Mm -hmm. And not everyone will take it, and that's fine. Whoever does, you know. That's true. Mashallah, your
0: mom also makes a really good point. I've noticed you've been mentioning your parents a lot. Do you see
1: them as inspiration? Definitely. I know that I am. Alhamdulillah, I'm very blessed to have been Mashallah. raised by the most amazing parents Mashallah. and have the most amazing family. And I know I would not be a fourth of the person I am <laughs> without them. By Tell me side. about them. Okay. Um, Let's start with your dad. I think you mentioned your dad first. Okay. Um, so my dad is Dr. Samir al tayyib He's... Um, he is very similar to me in my personality. Uh, and it's funny because you'd see me next to my dad and he looks like my brother. But it's... it's
0: I've met your dad before. Does, Does he, he remember?
1: Yeah. When did you meet Baba?
0: There was a time we were going home from somewhere and he offered to take me home, like drop me off. Were we in uni? We were not in uni. We were at... Fudra. It was Fudra <laughs> Fudra-Kers. Was it pre-med? It was it pre no, it wasn't pre-med. It was during the summer. I can't remember what we were doing. Maybe
1: it was pre-med. I feel like it would have been pre-med. I can't remember. But no, what. no, but pre-med we would have gone back. Okay, we, we went on a tangent. But you, you met my dad.
0: I met your dad. And I saw him at the poster competition as well. Yeah. But I didn't get to say hi because you guys are busy. So He is... He
1: looks very much like you. <laughs> or I'm, you look like him. I yeah, guess. I think <laughs> you. you'd prefer that I say that. He um, came first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Baba is very caring um, and he is the kind of person that no matter what I do or no matter what I go through he will always push me forward oh, and it's definitely a blessing for me to have a father that is in the medical field because he gives me a lot of um, guidance on you know how I should do specific things mm. if I need help he's always there um, and I'm very appreciative, that, appreciative of that and appreciative of him and like I know, I d- I don't know one fourth of the things that my parents have you know done for me oh, and my siblings. Salma. And um, what else about Baba? He's he's just very he's very supportive. I can definitely vouch for the fact
0: that he's very caring. He's very sweet. Um, what you mentioned—he's a doctor. What exactly?
1: What type um, of doctor? Baba is a colorectal. Or I don't want to say Baba's a colorectal surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my father is a colorectal surgeon, a national guard allah that's so cool yeah the f- the first clinical exposure I actually had in my life was surgery but you're not interested in surgery, are you I was but I think I love peds much more than I do surgery no way, yeah, although I feel like I have the this this the hand skill for it you know with all of mm. the with the bimanual dexterity and the crocheting mm. and the you know knitting and the guitar and all these things mm. that I like to do, but i Think I can contribute more to society if I wasn't a surgeon, and not to say that surgeons don't do amazing things. You guys are incredible.
0: You just mean you personally see yourself doing better and contributing more as a pediatrician.
1: I think so. I think so, and I, I love just kids. Love. Inshallah, works out. For you, and I hope it. Uh, you know. Love. And I'm very passionate about education, and you know, I want to bridge those two things into really oh, establishing cool. something amazing for kids that's all around cool. the world. So
0: your dad definitely played a role in. Well, not influencing your decision, but kind of exposing you to Oh, no, they, my, my parents,
1: mm-hmm. when I told them I wanted to go into medicine, they, were, they weren't against it. Mm-hmm. They're very much the kind of people where this is your decision, mm-hmm. but I want you to be sure. <laughs> and my recommendation for you as a physician is not to go into medicine. <laughs> that kind Wait, of is thing. your mom also a doctor? No, my mom is an artist. Mashallah, actually. that's so cool. Um, very stark contrast. Yeah, it's um, very different. But mashallah, must be cool. Must be and like even when I was in first year, I w- every month on the dot, Mama would ask me, you know, you can change your mind about medical school. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> you don't have to stay here if you don't want to be. Um, because she saw my father go throughout residency and everything. And, and it, it's very tough. It's a difficult lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. That's, of course, 100%. And um, Mama is, she's a free spirit. Awesome. And she is so uplifting and encouraging and she is a healer she okay so basically my entire life i've been surrounded by animals no way and um my grandmother i love animals me too (laughs) my grandmother uh, my mother's mother (laughs) um, basically had an animal shelter in her home and Mm -hmm. so any type of like actually it wasn't like a a, a shelter per se but she liked Like rescuing animals,
0: keeping them, raising them, Mm -hmm. like a a hobby kind of.
1: Yeah, my mom mom growing up had, I think they had a monkey. They had a (gasps) bunch of dogs, um, probably snakes at some point. Um, But she loved cats. And so she would always get so sad. My grandmother, when she would see them in pet shops because Mm. they were always trapped. So she would always take them home. And at some point, Uh. I think she had, I think, over 20 cats. SubhanAllah, that's a lot. (laughs) That That is is a a lot of cats. Um, But even now, I see my mom and subhanAllah somehow just... Any injured animal just gravitates towards her. I don't know how, but they just show up on her door. So she's definitely a and healer. They have, yeah. <laughs> they just know inside. Definitely. And so she'd always, you know, take them in and um, help them heal. And, you know, they go whenever they want to go. Um, and all of, or not all, but I think almost all of the cats that I've had in my life have been mm-hmm. rescues. For I remember reason. you had a cat
0: called Lesga.
1: Oh, I still do. Lesga, yes. because She's so cute. Lesga like Neshba, meaning she sticks to you like glue because <laughs> <laughs> that's what she does. But I love her.
0: Oh, that's what her name me. Yeah. I know she's very sweet. She's it means very, clingy. Very yeah, Which I know. Which is not, not the nicest <laughs> name for a cat. Kind of like sticky or something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Um, but yeah, I love her. We also have currently Lesga and Mr. Peppers. Mr. Peppers? He's a large cat. I'll is show you a new picture. addition? No, no. He, he's been there for a while oh okay yeah but um, yeah so mama is always encouraging me Um, she always gives me the wisdom that she gains you know uh, to not judge people to Mm -hmm. always uh, extend your kindness to other people and just I'm just very blessed mashallah I can see that they really like
0: you've kind of taken the best parts of both your parents and mashallah you're really trying to incorporate that into who you are as a person. It's very adm- admirable, mashallah. Thank it's you. also very admirable, the things that your parents have taught you and the way that they've raised you. I think it. I think we all can learn a lot from the lessons that they've taught you, mashallah.
1: Definitely, I hope so.
0: Because mashallah, in all honesty, I see you as an inspiration and I see you as someone who like, I would want to be like. Um, so what are some things that you would say, three points that you would give? To summarize everything that you've said so far, three points you would give.
1: First of all, thank you, Salha. That's very (laughs) sweet of you. Um, Number one lesson, and this especially applies to the day and age we're in now, be mindful of what you consume. Mm. And this goes in terms of, you know, what you're eating, what you're putting into your body, but I think more so what you're putting into your mind. And I think I can explain this best by example. Um, If you're sad, Mm -hmm. for example, and you're listening to a sad song, Mm -hmm you're perpetuating that cycle. What you listen to, what you look at, even if it's um, Instagram, TikTok, um, YouTube videos, TV shows you're watching, although we don't like to admit it, we do not realize how these things will affect us over time and affect our mental health. The more you see content about, for example, anxiety, Mm. again and again and again, and even if these things are fed to you in micro doses, There's a possibility you're going to wake up one day and say, you know what? I think I'm anxious. Mm, Interesting. You know, you're not anxious. It's just what you're exposed to all the time. You know, if you're around negative people all the time, you know, show me who your friends are and I'll show Mm -hmm. you who you are. You're bound to become more negative. You absorb energy. And if you look at things in, in, in this kind of lens as energy, whether positive or negative or neutral, you can kind of start to pick and choose what you want to see. That's one of the reasons, for example, I like to, not all the time, of course, but Mm -hmm. whenever I open YouTube or something, I want something that's going to benefit me, that's going to make me a better person in some kind of way, Um, open my eyes to something that I might not have thought about before. Mm -hmm. Really trying to limit your... Consumption of things like TikTok because it's you know these little micro doses of right, I completely agree. You know, positive or negative things, even the music you listen to, right, makes such a big influence, right, right. on on how you feel, and we just tend to neglect that we or overlook it. That. We do overlook it, definitely, and that's something that I even realized recently, more so.
0: But you know, it's crazy. It takes it takes a very conscious effort to be aware of what you're consuming.
1: Definitely. Like it's
0: like it's genuinely not to be underestimated. Like let's say if I were to one day be like, you know what? I don't wanna see stupid TikToks anymore. I don't like seeing them on my timeline. It's making me feel feel brain dead, like I'm losing mm-hmm. <laughs> brain cells. And then you like but you have to that means I'd have to consciously unfollow the like the accounts that I think are like not val that that are not adding value to me. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it is
1: it's it's important. It is very important. It is important and it's not easy, but I think it's, it's much more rewarding. And I look at these things from a you know, more extensive point of view and, mm-hmm. you know, and more so the long term than the short term, because I think that's what makes a difference in the end. Right. Um, and so that's one thing. Be mindful of what you consume. Mm-hmm. The second thing, and I think this is very important for everyone to hear from time to time, you are capable of anything you set your mind to. And there is no one in this world that can tell you what you can and cannot achieve. Hmm. And I see that from a place knowing that even before I went for presidency with Yaman, mm-hmm. there were professors and there were people telling me, don't do it. It's going to be detrimental to your grade. That's so disheartening. It's a waste of your time. Definitely. It's very disheartening. But I could have let that Get dictate mm-hmm. how I chose to operate. And or or I could have taken that as fuel to say, I am going to do this and I'm going to show that, you know what, it's possible. Mm. It's possible to do well academically and do presidency. And I don't think I'm the only example. Yaman is also another amazing example and current presidential office, Atas. And Momo and Ibrahim, they're doing they're amazing. doing an amazing job. Exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, they know that, and I tell them this all the time. <laughs> but they're they're really doing an incredible job. They're doing very well,
0: mashallah. It's also very nice seeing the three of them work together.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I feel like
0: they're the same brain. <laughs> <laughs> one brain <song. laughs> No, no, one brain cell. <laughs> three brain cells No, no, no. They, they, they <laughs> that's like I an insult them. to them. No, but they're genuinely very impressive. Myself. No, they're
1: doing an am- amazing, mm-hmm. amazing job, and I, I'm sure they know that. But I just <clears> need to say it from time to time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but one thing about this is. Don't let it come from a place of ego necessarily. What do you mean? It's not, for example, those people that told me, oh, you can't do it, you can't this, you Mm -hmm. can't that. I'm not doing it in a sense of I want you to watch me do it. I want to prove you wrong. Uh It's more so from a place of I know that I can do this and I want to show other people that you can also do this too. It is not something that is limited by what you feel like you can achieve. Mm. You genuinely can't achieve anything. You just need to be in the right mindset, have the right people around you to push you, and most importantly, push yourself because you can genuinely do anything. Mm. You can achieve anything. You you have a skill that you don't know.
0: Open, o- Google it. Google. I'm sure,
1: like like an, any skill, uh, let's say I want to learn how to code. Uh-huh. I can Google it and learn how to do that. You know, there's, there's no one that can tell me, especially in this day and age, That's that, true. that I can't do that. That is true. And third point, although I already touched upon it before, I will just stress its importance. Everything happens for a reason and everything in your life, even if it does feel like a failure or a setback, is a stepping stone for growth and for you to become better so long as you choose for that to be the case. Take a step back. You know, take just time in your day, even if it's simple when you're driving or you're brushing your teeth or you're getting ready for bed Mm -hmm. to just reflect on these things and think, you know, how can I learn from what happened instead of just being driven by how much it impacted you negatively? It takes a lot of effort and it's not easy by any means, but even just from time to time, looking at things from a way of how can I look at this positively Makes a huge impact on your life, as as a cliche as it may sound.
0: No, you're so right. I think, I think um, one aspect of what you're describing is romanticizing your life.
1: Within reasonable. Within means. reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I feel like looking at the beauty of everything all the time really helps. Yeah, look at the glass half full. You know, stop and enjoy what you're doing because my teachers would always tell me that. It is about the journey, not the destination. And I know Mm -hmm. you can probably find that on a cheesy Pinterest quote. (laughs) But it it really does make a difference when you look at in that way.
0: No, I 100% agree with you. I have a follow-up question. So what do you think is a personality trait that you possess that helped you get this far, that kind of shaped you into the person that you are right now, mashallah.
1: I think something that my parents sculpted me to be, let's say, Um, is resilient and I mean that from a sense of no matter what happens in life you can learn from it Mm -hmm. grow from it and even if if something devastating happens you can always you know set that aside bounce back essentially bounce back essentially (laughs) Um, and I mean a very genuinely very difficult experience I had to go through was around this time last year um, for my surgery final, a week before exactly, we had just gotten the news that my younger cousin had gotten into a car accident. He was only 19 at the time. And oh he no. was sent to the ICU. And so we went to the hospital immediately, my sister and I. Mm-hmm. Um, and I cannot describe to you, Salihah, how how difficult it was. Because it was the first time I feel like everything I learned in a textbook just jumped out at me and it was in someone that you loved and cared for. Mm. Oh, that must have been so hard on you. It it was so difficult. And so when you you hear about, you know, um, basilar skull fractures and then raccoon eyes and battle sign and cranial decompression because of increased intracranial and all all these different, you know, medical things that you learn, especially because we were doing surgery in trauma and just kind of seeing that textbook come to life in the worst way possible was such a it it just it shook me mm-hmm. and i can't imagine what that must have been like and i can't imagine what that must have been like for my my family right. who don't have you know the the medical knowledge I, exactly and so it was it was such a difficult experience and i remember just just being so so in shock mm-hmm. and i had gone and m- my dad just took me aside and basically a, a week after that so the, the night before the surgery final or the day before the surgery final my cousin had passed away so he was in the icu Allah for arham. a week Allah uh, I mean. so i remember just especially that day i tell you that entire week i could not touch any of the trauma modules every time i get a u world question that's a 20 year old male was in a motor vehicle accident and oh, it was just so hard it just kept It felt like salt in the wound. Mm -hmm. And so my dad just took me aside and he told me something that I wish everyone could hear at some point. He told me, he's like, okay, you, inshallah, are going to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. You are going to deal with sick patients. Sometimes your patients are going to be in very poor condition. Mm -hmm. Maybe one of your patients passes away. Mm -hmm. But that does not mean that you let that affect you emotionally right now and compromise the quality of how you're going to treat another patient. And it's not easy. But he told me, he's like, right now you have your surgery final. Mm -hmm. Are you not going to do your surgery final and potentially compromise um, whatever plans you have for the summer or whatever internship you're doing, you know, and and Mm -hmm. just everything later on? What you're going to do right now? And he just, you know, held me and he told me, he's like, you're going to compartmentalize You're going to push this aside. It doesn't mean it's not important. It doesn't mean it won't affect you. But it just means what you're going to do is you're going to focus on what you have right now. Hmm. And then once this is over, we're going to deal with this. You know, so kind of, and it it was very difficult. It must have been
0: very difficult. I can't imagine. Like it must have been, it must have taken a lot of mental strength to
1: kind of, like you said, compartmentalize. It was not easy, but I needed to hear that. And so maybe someone out there does too. And because it's very difficult when you're learning about something, be it cancer, Parkinson's, anything. And you think, I have, this is my loved one. This is my family. This is my family member. This is my friend. This is whatever it may be. Because especially in medicine, I think we depersonalize ourselves a lot. Yeah. Uh, w- and it's normal with time because we're looking at this as as a case you're not looking at this as a human being we're looking at a disease with this symptom, that symptom, this symptom, and you're
0: like you're taking it at face value for the sake of learning it definitely so
1: so you know having that skill of being able to compartmentalize mm. without compromising with the fact that I am going to give myself to deal with the uh, space sorry, to deal with this emotionally, but just for the next twenty four hours, I need to focus on task at hand you know for the rest of the clinic or for the rest of whatever it is you're going through I need to focus on the task at hand and I think this also goes for you know separating your personal feelings from what you're supposed to be doing professionally mm. which is a very important skill I think a lot of people That's need true. to gain you know Th- the way I feel about Salihah for example mm-hmm. should not dictate the way I deal with you in a professional setting that is true although I you hope know? you feel good about me oh I feel lovely about <laughs> <you>. <laughs> don't worry don't worry I'll love here. But um, yeah, I think you know, being able to go through these experiences in, in that kind of a way and having that sort of guidance is something that I'm very thankful for in terms of my family. MashaAllah.
0: I think it also ties in with what you said earlier, which is that you can do anything you put your mind to. I feel like it ties in with the resilience part because you'll you're you're gonna experience a lot of setbacks. And and things in life, but none of these should stop you from, from, or, you know, should hold you back from at least trying to achieve what you've set your mind to. I feel like that's a really big part of resilience. What do you think?
1: Definitely. I think there's also a lot of ways you can become a more resilient person because a friend of mine had asked me that question where... I basically said, Mariam, I feel like you're a very resilient person, like things don't affect you. And how? And I just mentioned one thing that I I I feel genuinely makes an impact in building your mental resilience is building your physical resilience. When you push your body to limits at the gym, whether it's a very intense workout or, you know, you get to a point where you feel like you can't keep going and you still keep going, that kind of... At least for me, I feel like that kind of conditioned me at, at a lower dose, let's say, or a lower setting over time. So when you build up that physical resilience, you're still making your mind stronger. No, I can do, I can finish. I can do the reps. I can finish this workout. I can keep going. Interesting.
0: So, you know. It's very interesting. I've never thought about that before, that physical resilience has something to do with mental resilience.
1: I think, you know, everything goes hand in hand. That's why I say, you know, take care of your mind, body, and soul. Mm. they're all important i feel like another aspect to this is discipline physical resilience or
0: like you said pushing yourself to the limits physically takes a lot of discipline once you have that discipline you're able to implement that in other places in life i don't know i might just be saying random things but no i
1: agree (laughs) with you i agree with you It, it it all goes together i mean the different aspects of you as a person are not mutually exclusive it's still you and i think when you do these things, when when you invest in yourself as a person, that's going to reflect on everything you do. That is true.
0: I know that a lot of people, including myself kind of, we you know, we tend to fangirl over you because mashallah, you do so many things and you do them all so very well. And I know that you're you're a great cook, you're a great baker, you like you're a coffee enthusiast, you go to the gym, you are a very well-rounded person. But I want to ask you, what is something that you wish people knew about you?
1: First of all, Salah, that's very <laughs> sweet. And I hope you know that. You know, you know genuinely how much I do love you as a person, right? I, know, I love you too. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, actually, recently I was volunteering for an event. And um, one of my juniors was volunteering there with me. And it was the first time I had met them. And they told me something that just kind of took me a bit by surprise. Or they said something along the lines of, "You know, you're you're just a human being," and I just kind of sat there and laughed <laughs> because, yes, <laughs> I don't know why that sounds kind of like an insult.
0: Like you're just a human being. <laughs> and no, 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 no. In, in that sense of, of what you mentioned, um, like he thought you were like some superhuman enigma person. Honestly, I get it.
1: <laughs> I don't. It's just. I am capable of the same things anyone else is. And I I know that, you know, of course, people are in different situations and different levels of health in their lives. Like, I'm not saying that, you know, you can go do weightlifting if you have a physical ailment. Like, that's definitely (laughs) not what I'm trying to say here. But what I'm trying to say is, if I can achieve anything, you can also achieve anything because I am just a human being at the end of the day. I'm not a superhero. I just manage my time and that sounds so much easier said than done Um, but I think that's why these little things build up if you're if you just sit down and write down a goal and you know do it with good intentions I believe that from that anything is possible you know what I mean I have the same 24 hours in a day. That is true. As any other human being. You can't make it 25 hours. I'm i have tried. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe if you traveled and then.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe, you know. Maybe. You know, literally this morning in the car when I was driving, I was like, what would I, what I would do to add just one more hour to my day? I was like, how do I make it 25 hours? And I was sitting in my car, I was like, I should do an experiment, a research study where I look at where I kind of give people a clock that has 25 hours instead of 24. See if they're more productive. What happens if you give someone
1: 25 or you give someone the impression that they have 25 hours in a day? Okay. There's this interesting concept called Parkinson's law that says a task will only take as much time as you allocate to it. And I talked about this in my time management um, talk and, and video that I made where basically if I tell you, you have two weeks to write an essay and it will take you two weeks to write that essay because most people are going to leave it to the last minute. So you kind of extended the time period for that task. Mm. But if I tell you, Salih, you have to write an essay in one hour and if you don't submit it, you're going to fail, it's going to take you one hour. You know? that, so that is true. Like, when you set a time frame for yourself, it makes things much easier. And again, you can't do everything all the time 24-7. I want
0: to do everything all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I know it's not physically possible, but every day I have a battle where I'm like, why am I not doing this? I could be doing this. I could be doing this and this and this, and I should be doing this. Like everything, everywhere, all at once.
1: I <laughs> think the name of a book. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a movie or a book. A movie. Uh, I think it's, it's important that we are ambitious, but it's also more important that we're realistic and allow ourselves to, to rest more. So like, for example, when I was in the MSA for the time period that I was in, I wasn't as focused on research at that time Mm -hmm. because I wanted to produce the best quality of work here. So it doesn't mean that, for example, alhamdulillah, I'm very grateful that I'm able to work on more projects now. Mm -hmm. But even with that, sometimes you have to pick and choose. True. Like I said, like second year, Unfortunately, you know, kind of Jim was thrown out the window because I was very stressed academically and I really wanted to do well. And, you mm-hmm. know, POD was the monster and then COVID mm-hmm. happened. And That was a crazy year. That was a crazy year. You know, so although it seems like I'm doing all these things all the time, I'm really not. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I will pick w- I'm I'm just, I'm a very goal-oriented person. Mm-hmm. So I will say, for example, Maryam, um, I want to get my pull ups. Mm-hmm. And that's my goal in the gym. So I will be very oriented towards that goal. Mm-hmm. You know, or of course, like a couple weeks leading up to the final, we're very oriented towards the goal <laughs> of like right. studying for that final. So it's it's normal to kind of do things in chunks and in blocks. And you don't necessarily have to do every single thing all the time. And I would guilt myself that I wasn't able to go to the gym and eat well and see my family and attend clinics all day. And see, that's what hospital. I want to do. <laughs> I mean, if you figure it out, please let me know. because like, I'm, I'm trying to add a 25th hour tonight. <laughs> that works. But you know what? Oddly enough, I don't think
0: it'll make a difference. You know what? Maybe you're right. But I feel like if I give myself the false illusion that I have an extra hour, it'll put me at peace a little bit.
1: Romanticize it.
0: I guess. Maybe. Or, you know, like, what's what's the word? What's the word when you give someone a medication that's not a real medication? Placebo. Placebo. Exactly. I gotta convince myself that I have an extra hour, so I can be more productive in the time that I have, or that I c- basically yeah, like I will be allocating time to each thing, but just that way I kind of give myself two days in one day. I don't know. Maybe. Twenty five hours in a, in a twenty four hour day.
1: You never know. It you might never be. You know, it might be the secret so to locking. So long as you're not, f- not compromising your rest, then. I guess.
0: Yeah. No, but actually, I wonder what would happen if the clock turned to 7 7 p.m. And then by the time it gets to 8, I turn it back to 7 p.m. Maybe. What would happen? You know what would happen? I feel like by the time my clock reaches 9, I'll be like, why am I so tired? Turns out it's actually 10.30 or something.
1: (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) I feel like that would
0: happen. All right. Um, I have a question. What are some points of advice that you would give to me as someone who you've known for a good part of five years, maybe? How long has it been? It's been... 2018. Yeah. Five, years? five years? Wow. That's it's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. So what is some advice that you would give to me?
1: I think, first of all, and I've told you this before, I admire how ambitious you are and how well-rounded of a person you are. Thank you very much. I think... I don't know. There's not anything in particular. I guess just... Learn to breathe a bit more. Good point. Just focus on <laughs> and you don't have to achieve everything in, in one day. You don't have to have twenty-five hours to be content.
0: Hmm. i I'm content with twenty-four? <laughs> but I'm just I'm trying
1: to I'm trying to just do more, you know. I get you. Or the only thing I would say is whenever you get stressed, just just breathe. Mm. Because, mashallah, you are able to do a lot of these things at the same time, which is something that I genuinely admire because I feel like I can I can work in chunks. Mm. You know, like I can do something and today I'm going to dedicate to this one thing and I'm going to do it really well and then I'm going to do another thing the next day. Like Mm -hmm. that's just how I tend to operate. So I see that, mashallah, you are able to juggle that. And I really do admire that. Thank you so much. It means a lot. <laughs> I'm giving her hard hands. You guys can't see. You can't see, it, but yeah. <laughs> um, and so I would just say. <laughs> I gave her hard hands back, guys. <laughs> just just breathe is all. And no, you know, no. will go to space. Because so you, know just you love like, NASA.
0: I do love NASA. Absolutely love it. You know, sometimes I think, I'm like, if I wasn't in medical school, what would I be? I would be an astrophysicist. Ooh. Or a lawyer. I did try engineering. Didn't work out. Yeah. You know when you told me about your mom, like, questioning every month if you wanted to stay in medical school? That was my mom. But it was because I had switched from engineering to medical school. So she kept saying, like, are you sure you don't want to do engineering? And then, like, a week later, I'd be like, Mama, I have it, like the worst exam coming up, can you, like, (laughs) please pray for me, and then she'd be like, you wouldn't be asking me this, you wouldn't be asking me this if this was engineering, and then she'd be like, she'd be like, I told you to stay in engineering, (laughs) she was not entirely against the idea of me studying medicine, but she was very, um, she was like, it is going to be very stressful, so she would try to, like your mom did, kind of, like, she would try to,
1: they do it out of love, though,
0: I guess, yeah, I'm, yeah, they do it
1: out of concern,
0: Yes, that's true. She wanted the best for me.
1: Oh, they always do. My yeah. Family.
0: My name, it was so lovely talking to you. It was, it, I felt like I was catching up with you after so long. Thank you so much for coming to, you know, speak with us today and for being on the podcast. And I know that you and I are very busy. I don't know why I said you and I. I know you are busy. Oh, you're <laughs> you're busy too. <laughs> but in my head, I was thinking about the final coming up. Um, but thank you so much for giving us so much of your generous time we truly appreciate it and you really mean a lot to us
1: me especially Um, thank you so much again for being here I wish you guys could see like how big my smile is right now (laughs) I'm thank you so much for having me and it is an honor to be on the podcast and to see how much you guys have grown and I'm just very thankful for this opportunity and I very much appreciate it we're very thankful for you and
0: everything that you do for us there's more heart signs going on, guys, but you can't
1: yeah. see. <laughs> we'll, we'll add them as close.
0: <laughs> thank you all for tuning into this episode. We really hope you enjoyed listening to it, and we also hope you learned a thing or two. I'd like to thank our scout, Lian Al Habib, and our sound engineers, Rahman Bakhtayan and Mahina Damoni, for helping us put this episode together. As always, please let us know if you have any comments or suggestions, and we will take them into consideration. Thank you all. Have a good day.